Hi, my name is Maurice Bernard, and this is State of Mind. You may know me from my role on General Hospital, but what you might not know is that I've been a proud mental health advocate for over 30 years. State of Mind is a show where I speak about my mental health, my life with bipolar, anxiety, depression, and have guests who share about their life and their mental health. I hope that by listening, you can be inspired, learn about mental illness, and ways to have a healthy state of mind. Okay, who do we got today? <laughs> Jillian Barbary. <laughs> um, okay. Sorry, I love. I'm friends with Jillian. Yeah. We haven't seen each other in a while. Uh, I used to watch her all the time on Good Day LA, and I did the show a few times. Yes, you did. Howard Stern. Yes, love Howard. Um, here she is. I I just got, I got to say before we start. I'm probably just going to let you talk whatever you want. Yeah, just, sure. Just listen, because I know how much you... Well, can I talk about the fact that how how we met? Yes. Uh, it was at the Ivy, uh, and I... Dang, really? Do you, okay. I don't remember. Yes. I was at the Ivy. I was always known as the outgoing woman that never went on dates, uh, because nobody asked me out. And you were with a colleague, and he literally came over to my table, and he said, I would like to take you on a date. And I said... I'd like to go on set oh, date. that's right. Yes. And I really, I loved his candor, his, uh, he just felt like. Like a young Denzel Washington. Exactly. And let me tell you, I didn't know his age. He didn't know mine. So he, to me, I felt he was maybe 29, 30. He thought I was maybe 31. I was 36 and he was 24, which ended up being hilarious later on. Cause I was like, wait, what, how old are you? Dude, I'm 36. He's like, I don't care. Anyway, I remember he said, you're coming to my friend's home. And I believe you and your lovely wife, Paula and children were having a Thanksgiving. It was a big moment or it was a, it was a big dinner. And I came to your home. Oh, that's right. That's right. And I was a little nervous and of, to meet you guys. Of course I knew who you were. I didn't know Paula and I had so much in common with you two yeah. in the sense, you know, we were more of the same age and I could just relate, but I really, you know, I still really enjoyed it, but I thought you two were so fantastic. And when he and I broke up, you know, I never, unless you came on good day LA, I didn't really have any uh, contact, yeah, yeah. but I just thought you guys were a couple that I, you know, aspired to be you really reminded me of a dr drew and a susan and i've known them for 26 years and i remember thinking that thinking you guys are such a cool couple maybe i'll have that one day didn't happen but here we are today but you had what two after that two marriages um he came no he came after my first marriage to oh. the baseball player yeah and then i married the sniper and had two kids <laughs> yeah what is it, okay, first of all, what is it like to be married to a uh, baseball player? Oh, that's such a I know it's a great it's a, question. It's a great oh, question. You like the question. Well, I'll, I'll tell you why because because I'm, I'm curious. Okay, no one ever asks that. They'll always say, What team did he play for? What position is if they're super fans? Okay, being a wife, I was probably the worst baseball wife because I remember going to the first game with his manager who was hilarious and I sat in the wife section but I was a girlfriend 
and no one talked to me except one. And her husband was a, quote, relief pitcher. I knew nothing about baseball. Growing up in Canada, it was all hockey. Um, and I was working on television in Miami, and he played for the Florida Marlins, which right, are now the right. Miami Marlins. But when it is, I didn't they know. are, it's so bizarre. When we got married, um, well, let me tell you the first. I sat in the wife section and they all had diamond necklaces of their husband's numbers. And I was like, what am I in the Stepford wives? Like, this is bizarre. And I could hear their conversations talking about being limoed here, going to Beverly Hills, that. And I thought, Oh God, that's just not me. I, I want, I have my own career. Like that's bizarre to me. And I'll never forget. I did end up coming with a necklace and it was with like a wire number eight. We were joking, obviously. Me and his manager had concocted this ugly. And I would finish the news in Miami and we, I would, first of all, I only had to do the six and 10. So we would all go to dinner, Rick Sanchez, myself, Penny Daniels, all the anchors, and we would have shots at Benihana. So our 10 o'clock news was hella fun. And I used to go with Kelly Mitchell and Jessica Aguirre and we... I think I was drunk for most of my Miami days, but we got married and I realized he's on the road for seven months a year. So I told him I got a job in LA and he goes, well, I'm actually from LA and I think you're going to really shake the news up there. And I was like, mm, okay. So I moved to LA and you know, the off season we got married and that's, we, we lived in Huntington beach cause he's a surfer. Um, and that's when I realized being a wife, he said something to me that made so much sense. He said, these wives don't work because our, our jobs are so stressful that you, you understand that's their job. And I'm like, I don't understand. I, I'm, I have a career in television. What do you mean? And he said, their jobs, you will realize if you see, they come on the road with their husbands, which I thought was very strange. Yeah. They bring the babies, they da 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 and I, I looked at that. I had so much respect for them after that because that is the hardest job you'll ever have as a wife because yeah. the, the husbands, he never liked to bring it home, but, but they do. There's just no changing that. And, um, and also there, you don't see them. You don't see them, which I personally thought was great. And I you think did? that I did because I love my independence. Okay, okay. And I wasn't a good baseball wife. Like he played for the Cubs and somebody said to me, oh my God, don't you love Chicago? I said, wouldn't know. Uh, only because I was working until I had a job, a career. Um, and, and let me just say, Jillian... I, at that point, uh, maybe by now I've seen it. Mm. I'd never seen anybody with more jobs. <laughs> no, no, I'm like at the same time. I almost did a spit take. Let me tell I, you, I wish I had all of them now. But I'm saying, yeah, it was, I did. It was remarkable. Well, it was a time when Jesus. people could work all these jobs, but everyone thought, oh, you're under the Fox umbrella. I said, oh, that's hysterical. You have no idea how that works. My morning show. I got uh, a call Good from Day LA. Good Day LA, Steve Edwards, Steve Edwards and Dorothy Lucy. And we had been, you know, very successful and won some Emmys. And I got a call one day from a man named you Dave. You won Emmys? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Well, I know you've got 
Well, You've got the real big. We got the like. It's the same. Man. No, it's not. Ours is a local oh, one. It's small. It's a, thing. It's right. a ranky dink. But so, anyway. Okay, go ahead. I use it as a doorstop and it's so light it doesn't even work. But anyway. So I got offered this job from David Hill from Fox Sports. And it was to do the weather. And I. Oh, that's right. They were so. The local, if I was in a magazine, I would get in trouble. I would say, but I'm, you didn't ask for permission. I say, but I'm giving you, you know, publicity. So David Hill, this is when I learned they don't work together. The general manager at the time was a woman and she was just not, not I don't know, not a girl's girl. And so she said, oh, absolutely not. And he said, oh, I'm not asking. And he was this big Australian cigar smoking, red faced. He worked with Rupert and he goes, oh, you got me wrong, love. I'm not asking, I'm taking. <laughs> and uh, he took me every Sunday and he says, do they always? And I said, yeah, that's how it is, you know? And from then on, it was nothing but first class, everything with Howie Long and Terry Bradshaw. Yeah, was all that, it, Oh, my God. I... They loved you, right? I loved them. Was yes. Anybody who didn't like you or you didn't like... No. No. I, 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 I sensed that. Not okay. one. So how were you able... To do 85 jobs at time. <laughs> well, I was single, didn't have kids, no no dependents, didn't have a man. And do Howard Stern all the I time. do Howard Stern. Because, they, I, because yeah. I love Howard. Yeah, so same here, yeah. same here. Um, Howard has gotten me through some pretty hard times. I love Howard. And when I got cancer, Howard and Beth, I came home, and there was a, a floral arrangement oh, the size of a, a, a Volkswagen. Uh, it was took two people to bring it in. And I he's just, he and Beth have been... They're just lovely people. But I I did a lot of jobs and people reminded me, they're like, Jillian, you bitched and moaned. I'm like, I did. Because I had a dating show and then I had the local show. Then we did Good Day Live. Damn, that's right. And then the football show. And I had one other. But you had another one. Yeah. I can't remember. I had, it was like five. Oh, it was um the test. It was a late night show. It was on FX. That's so right. I worked Fox I think Sports. I was stalking you. I got to be honest. Oh, good. Because like, thank God someone did. Now I'd take one of those jobs yeah. for half the price. But I'll tell you, people think, oh, television is so glamorous and you get so rich. I remember becoming very good friends with the makeup artist. And she's married to a Dodger. And she thought I was another woman married to Todd Zeal, who was married to Juliana McNamara, who was an Olymp Olympian gymnast. I go, do I look like I could do an aerial or a back handspring right now? No. So her and I become best friends. And then we were talking about money one day. We're at lunch. And we're both tipsy, me being an alcoholic, of course. And she says to me about, how, she goes, oh, yeah, something about money. And I go, well, I'm getting $5,000 a day. So it doesn't, she goes, what? And I'm like, ooh, maybe I'm making a lot more than her. She's like, no, I make double what you make. And we peed our pants laughing because I just didn't give a shit. Because out of that job, I got commercials with Coors and with, you know. Um, Son of a Yeah, I was like doing Prestone. I was working with um, uh, like great comedians. And I thought, if this is the way it's going to go, I'm I'm good with that. Like, I just never complained because... You know, David Hill was very protective of me. And I remember, so I became friends with all the girls. So it was the makeup artist, the hairstylist, Rocky, yeah. and and of course the wardrobe girl, Tricky Vicky, and Jojana, who's from Canada, another makeup artist. And I just want to be with them. But if you're on air and talent, you get first class. So when I was 
uh, getting on the plane, there was a gentleman who came up to me and he worked in, let's say he worked in upstairs somewhere with David Hill. And he came to me and he said, do you mind giving up um, your seat uh, for me so I could be with all the, you know, guys, the director, Scotty, and with Scott Ackerson and David Hill. And I said, fuck no, take my chair. I don't care. And I get to be back with my friends. So I go, woo, I'm back. And they're, they're like, you're the only person who gets excited about getting downgraded. And so we have this wonderful time. And about two weeks later, I go, Sunday morning, we're doing the show. And afterwards, David said, you know, pulls me aside and he goes, uh, is it true that so-and-so asked you to change seats? And I'm like, uh-oh, I don't want to get this guy in trouble. Yeah. And I said, well, no, I kind of offered it. And he goes, look at me. He goes, did he ask you? And I'm like, oh, I can't lie. And I'm like, he did, but I'd rather be with Lisa and all those guys. And you know I'm friends with them. And he's walking away at that point. And I thought, oh, shit. Um, it was the best experience of my life. And I worked with Jimmy Kimmel and Frank Caliendo and Chris Collinsworth and Troy yeah, Aikman. Yeah. And this is a God's honest truth. This happened. So I'm so ignorant. I assume everybody works together and we're all one big cohesive family. So we are at the AFC championship playoffs where I had a miscarriage. Hi. Um, yeah. I remember saying to the woman, and of course we're saying it something fancy like the Ritz Carlton. And I remember saying to the women every day that would come in, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I know it looks like a murder scene. And then I called in Lisa, the makeup artist, and she's like, ah, but I was on the sidelines at 9 a.m., all dolled up, ready to go. You know, that's how I operate. It's just like you got, you do what you got to do. But aside from that, we are having dinner at the Ritz Carlton, and I go, where the fuck is. Troy and where's Joe, uh, uh, you know, Joe, oh God, what's his name? Joe, Joe Buck. Joe Buck. Oh, Joe Buck. I'm like, where's Joe Buck? And where's, you know, I'm like here with Howie and Terry and, and, and Jimmy Johnson and JB. But she goes, oh no, that's separate. I go, I don't know what you mean. She goes, well, their color, they, they have dinner. And I go, what? And I go, that's fucked up. So me being drunk, I go, where are they? And she goes, they're down at this restaurant. I go, okay. So me and Lisa go trekking through the snow. I go, you guys are coming to our party. So they all get up and they come to, our, and it's never been done. And I couldn't believe that they were all separated. It made wow. no sense. So Lisa says, you're the first, you were the reason now we all do it together. And so now it's all together. I'm not there anymore, but I couldn't believe that. I'm not about that. I'm about in inclusive. I don't, you know. Now what the you you were on Good Day LA, mm -hmm. right? Obviously. And yeah. and the Fox with Yeah, the, the whole guys. family. And then where did it what happened? So I okay, after I couldn't okay, I gotta be honest. Yeah. I couldn't believe when you're there and then you're not there. It's weird, right? Because I thought they were first of all, this chick is great. Yeah. Right. And what she does. Yeah. She looks great. I have fun all, with the boys. It's all working. Yeah. What happened? Okay, so I had my second, I had my first child, came back a few weeks later, back, everything's great. Right. Um, I got pregnant. My marriage was dissolving. It was a very... Oh, so the thing was dissolving because why? Okay, so um, a lot of alcoholics like myself are people pleasers where we just want to, it's like I, I, I put it 
it's kind of like a Johnny Depp thing, right? Johnny Depp is an addict. We all know that. That's yeah. great. Okay. He always says he's his own worst enemy. When you're an addict, you're the you you're the entertainment. You'll make the money, but you don't fucking sit there and micromanage. It's like, I'll take care of everybody, whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally. You're that person. And that's why I believe Johnny's entire penthouse was filled up with her people, her family, her friends, because right. Johnny is an artist. And I, I I equate myself along those lines. I don't, uh, I want to take care of everybody. My marriage was dissolving because of his, for me, narcissism and control. Mm -hmm. And I took care of him for seven years. And I was like, you don't have to work. I made the babies. I, I, I lost the weight. I got the commercials that helped me lose the weight, that would make our money, that would help pay for our house. And at the end of it, the day, um, I, if you know about a narcissist, they're very picky. So you're either Tell too- Tell me a narcissist, because I've had one one state of mind about that, and uh, but I need to hear- Well- What is the definition oh, of a narcissist? God. It's all about them. That's probably one of the- You know, I had four years of therapy after it because I couldn't understand what just happened to me in my life. And the best way that he put it to me, and this killed me, it rocked my world, but it helped me. He said- I said, I, I was so in love and I believe that's why I got pregnant so easily, 40 and 42, I didn't even try and pray and, and he was my world. And, and he said to me, right, but he didn't experience the same thing you did. And I said, what do you mean? And he said, well, Spain, you know how you were completely, that, he did, that didn't matter to him. Uh, this didn't matter to him. Um, all that mattered to him was that you were the reflection the red carpets, the da da da, but which was true. He would be very charming out there, but at home, it was very violent. I never was wow. punched or anything, but holes in the wall, Jeez. a scary environment. I always said the wrong thing. I was too fat. I was too skinny. I was too loud. I didn't wow. change the ba baby's diaper right. Uh, didn't load the dishwasher correctly. I got to the point where forget eggshells, forget glass. Like I didn't want to come home. And I started to realize I was having anxiety when I would hear the motorcycle that I bought him, $100,000 one from Jesse James, because I knew Jesse and Sandy. They gave it to us as a wedding gift. I paid for the parts. Jesse paid for the rest. And I would hear it coming up the street and I would start to, <sighs> and I remember my friend looking at me one day and she said, we're not doing, what, what's wrong? I said, oh, where'd you park? And blah, blah. and she said, I parked in the driveway. I go, oh my God, no, fuck. Can he get by? She goes, calm down. She said, we're not doing heroin. Our children are swimming. We're having a lovely day together. And I was like, okay. My mind at that point, I had become so fucked up uh, about pleasing. Yeah. And because of the anger issues on that side. Yeah. Think about that. He was a sniper. Yeah. And uh, the greatest, I think, illustration was I was doing a commercial for 20th. Well, it wasn't, it was really more of a, you know how you guys do promos yeah. for your show. And it was a promo that um, I was coming back after the um, pregnancy of Ruby. And I had gotten back into shape very quickly. And I wanted to make a joke. So 20th Century had sent this entire crew. So two vans. Uh, about seven people. They don't mess around. Light. It was a whole day of shooting. And he, and I said, please leave for the day because he gives me anxiety and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, yeah, just go do your thing. And um, 
I remember the, the, the hearing, it was raining. And so the two vans, were, of course, they had to bring in all the equipment. I remember his motorcycle coming up the street. And I I thought I'd have a joke and be like, "It doesn't she look like Terry? You know, because Terry and I always had this thing, yeah. Terry Bradshaw. And I just got so nervous. Uh, I started, I was like, oh. and then I remember one of the producers saying, are you okay? And I'm like, ah. Oh. And then it happened, the door slam, and then the gel. And I just... It just, I mean, when I hear yelling or slamming to this day, if my son is loud or something, I get PTSD. Uh, yeah, I get like, stop, you know? Um, and so, um, you know, Maurice, to, the best way to describe it, I had a lot of weirdos and stalkers, or as you know, how they can be a little over aggressive, especially with soap. You know, it's like their life. And by the way, a lot of, NFL players love your soap yeah. and my dating show used to come on in the right, day. Right. And it always fascinated me if I was doing a Super Bowl, either team would come over and be like, yo, extreme dating, man. That's yeah, a great yeah. show. And it happened all the time. And then one, it was Rodney Pete. Rodney goes, oh yeah, we watch soaps and that. He said, because, you know, we have time. And I was like, that's very strange. But anyway. Well, they watch because I've met a lot of football players. Yeah. Yeah, they watch because they want to check out the chicks. <laughs> that's, that's what they say. Is that right? Yeah, they all said that. Mm. You got hot chicks, and they and well, that's they, true. And they look and they say, "Sunny, oh, he's cool." And well, Sunny, yeah, cool. You but know, why did why would you? What 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 makes someone stay? Yeah, in the marriage. Yeah, that long. How long are you? Seven, and I I I paid for everything. I, he stayed. Is it because you're you're afraid to get out, or you just um. Why didn't you get out at four years? That's what everyone says. Because you're so in love and you don't understand what's happening. But and it happens slowly. I don't know. But I'll tell you, Damn. the first red, there were a lot of red flags. But the first real one when, was when he was moving in. And just like you have these, these mugs we're drinking right. out of. Um, I had mugs from my world. So one was from Howard Stern. Uh uh, one was from working in Miami. It was a dolphin. Uh, one was when I was with Regis. And, you know, so I said, okay, let me move some things around. And you put your mugs in. And he had a Marine. I remember, you know, certain things. And I was moving around. It just so happened that they all had purpose. One was from Montreal, where I started my television career. One was from Miami, blah, blah, blah. So he says to me, well... Fuck it. If you're going to keep all those, he went outside and he threw his entire box of mugs on the cement and they smashed. Uh, and I was like, what the fuck? And I, I didn't, it, when you never have that in your life, you get so confused. And I'm adopted. So I'm always like trying to please people. I was yeah, always yeah, trying to please right, my mom. Right. My mom yelled and it's just like, yeah. and so I, Everyone's like, you're so strong on TV. I'm like, but I'm a traditional woman. I think I took my husband's name. I remember Jimmy Kimmel pulling me aside and saying to me, you're known as Jillian Barbary. What are you doing? And I'm like, I remember thinking, you don't know my husband. Like, I did a commercial for a Nutrisystem, and I remember saying to him, look at it. It hadn't been sweetened yet, but I go, take a look at the rough draft. And I come out in the bikini, and I'm like, hey. And they wrote Jillian Reynolds. And he was behind me, and all I heard was a door slam and I went I looked behind me and I said do I look that bad in a bikini you know and and it was part of the whole you're not a fucking 
Barbary or Reynolds and blah, blah, blah. And Jimmy Kimmel warned me. He said, do not. It confuses people. And I, I was like, no, I'm Reynolds. I have to be Reynolds. Um, but did you have to be Reynolds because of him? Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't want I, I, things at home. Oh, I get you. And uh, just the things I look back now. But you knew that. You I, back should. here. Just like I knew yeah. I was an alcoholic. Yeah. You know, it's it's in the back of your head. But you don't listen to the voice. You you know it's there. But you're like, oh, it's fine. Because you make, I put out fires is what I do. Yes. And so when I said I was getting a divorce. What happened? Everyone came out of the woodwork and they would tell me stories. They're like, remember when he did this? I would have divorced him then. My other, remember this? And one that stuck in my head, because there was no reason. I just said, get the fuck out. It was one day oh, I couldn't. One day you said. One that. day I said I cannot live like this anymore. Get the fuck out. And, what and the narcissist says I'm not leaving all this. And I said, guess what, motherfucker? All this is mine. <laughs> I remember saying it just like that. Guess then, what, motherfucker? What um, I said your name's not on the deed. Very reluctantly. And towards the end, when Fox was in a little bit of a lot of turmoil right. they had new management they didn't know what they're doing and everyone kept saying to me they'll never get rid of you and i said really don't be so sure i'm not stupid and they well, I would, okay but, but hold on Jim. yeah because because i thought I, I i thought that time i thought so highly of you it's like me leaving gh i'm not gonna think that's gonna happen i'm sorry i just don't but yeah. you know probably yeah. could but but, it, but i don't think that way you really thought that they i were. did and you know why, why i thought that because i always thought simon cowell was american idol i i knew simon off air and he's you know pricky and dicky but he's hysterical and i thought that's never gonna happen and when they didn't fire him but you know it was kind of a I remember AGT when Howard Stern came on and all those emails yeah, yeah, came yeah. out about how uh, Simon stabbing Howard. Yeah. Like, yeah. give me the job back. Right. Like, fuck you, dude. Yeah. But I, 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 I just know that we, uh, people are replaceable. Might not be a good replacement. I don't think they could replace yeah, you. I no, that. I wasn't replaced with my personality. I didn't watch the show for a year. And when I turned it on, I was with my sister and I was like, okay, good. It's not the show that I helped make. I, I got kicked out of my own party. But they did offer me three days a week. So I wasn't technically fired. And, you know, if, if my ego allowed it, I would have taken that job. But I was like, I remember saying to them, I'm not stupid. I didn't say who's going to sit in my seat. I said, who's going to occupy the seat that I did for two decades? I remember saying two it just decades? like, yeah, 20 years. I said 20 years. And they said, well, we're not at liberty to tell you. And I said, well, okay, cool. And I hung up the phone and I announced it on my Twitter. I said, wow. that was it. But I wanted to tell you one more thing about the narcissist. And you yeah, asked me hear, why, yeah. you know, how they can fuck with your brain so severely and you end up apologizing for something they did. That's the best way to describe that. Okay. And okay, okay. they get in your headspace and they'll turn things towards you. And then you're like, Oh God, you're right. And here's an example. So I get called off the air. Out of, after we get off good day LA, one of the producers calls me in and there's LAPD there. And I'm like, fuck what did I do because I was always getting called into the office but never with a cop and he said um we've had some you know risk assessment there's been a man who's been writing you letters and I'm like well I haven't seen them they've been intercepted and he showed up at good day LA one day that day and I said 
And they said he was your brother. And I said, I can assure you it wasn't. Um, and they said, have you seen this man? I said, no. Uh, and they said, well, the, uh, you know, L.A. threat assessment said, we understand you're married to a former Marine sniper. And I was like, well, yeah, but he's going on a motorcycle trip this weekend with his friends. Like, I can't. And they're like, okay, this man we arrested, you understand this. He had a gun in his pocket, pack, and uh, whatever, duffel bag. We arrested him. And he's from Michigan. We can hold him tonight. But I, and I, and they said, you have two children. I said, yeah, I have a girl, you know, daughter who's two and a half and a baby. And he, and I remember them saying, well, you know, I, I, I think you'll be safe with your husband. And I remember going, oh, I'm not oh. going to ask him to, to leave his trip. No fucking way. I will deal with this. So I got home late because I was talking and he was impatient. He was packing all his stuff and yeah, his gear yeah, yeah. and the guys are waiting. And I was like, yeah, you won't believe it. I was called in afterwards. And, and I kind of made it, I played it off because I didn't and they gave me a picture of the man and they're all headshot, you know? And so he walks over to the cupboard and he opens it up and we had pictures of men to show our um, housekeeper, please don't ever let these men in. Yeah. And there were five of them and he put it up and he goes, look, and he puts it up number six and he goes, have any of these guys ever showed up to our house? And I go, no, you're right. I was like, have fun on your trip. Everything's cool. Seven o'clock comes and it's nighttime. I'm by myself with the kids. And then suddenly I'm like, I couldn't voice to him that I was scared because I didn't want to f change his day right. or ruin his plans or, um, yeah, he was not good with that. I remember one time he said, you've got to get out, get your nails done, do something. So about four days later I said, Oh, I got a nail appointment. He goes, for when? I go, today at two. He goes, I'm on a ride at two. So it was always like eggshells. So I'm a productive woman and I'm, you know, resourceful. So I called my producer whose husband worked uh, for Homeland Security. Um, and I talked to him and he said, oh, I know many cops that work off duty. And I said, I need one for four nights from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. And the rest of the day, I think I'm okay. He said, he's $1,000 a day. I said, I don't care what it takes. And I had the best sleeps of my life. And so I, this is a guy, my ex, who if I bought a skirt from H&M would yell at me. Well, I'm paying the bills. Um, and I would be so terrified of bringing home a bag. So I would start bringing the dry cleaners first and then bringing home a dry cleaning bag because even though I paid for it, he would yell at me. Um, I said, well, if you were a lawyer, you'd need suits. And like, he just didn't work for right. seven years. So um, anyway, he got back and I go, he was telling me about his trip. I go, guess what? I hired before I was excited about it. I was like, I heard a guy, I go, we were all good. And he's like, how much? I go 4,000. He goes, all right. Because it benefited him. He didn't care how much it was. And I, I remember when I announced my divorce, one of my friends came out and she goes, that was fucking disgusting. He left a baby, two babies yeah, and you, yeah, right. when you were not only threatened, the man was in jail and was going to be let out the night. And I thought about it. And the funniest shit is that when it started coming out of me, I couldn't stop. 
So I would leave these insane messages. So you mentioned jobs. I had a job called American Idol Extra, and it was on after American Idol. And I would interview the person who was kicked off. I would interview blah, 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 blah. So I remember being so tired because I had already done Good Day LA, and I had, I don't know, whatever I did in the middle of the day. And then that show. And so I remember him texting or something and saying, bring me back these cigarettes, okay? And at the end of the day, I was, my head was nodding off. I knew I had to go do Good Day LA in like five, six hours. So I happened to see one of the um, crew guys or something. And uh, I was like, dude, do you smoke? Yeah. Can I bum like three? Yeah. Now it's midnight, right? I go, oh my God, Parliament, that's his brand. Thank you. This will be so great. So I go home. Babies are asleep. He's up. And I say, here you go. I'm exhausted. I'm going to go take a shower. And he goes, what the fuck are these? And I said, cigarettes? He goes, I wanted a pack. How the fuck am I supposed to get through the night with this? I should have taken them, broken them all in his face and said, shove them up your fucking ass. But you don't get a voice until it's later and your mind is unwound and you're back to... When I was done, Maurice, I was a shell of myself. I I was so scared. I was so... Um, I'm like, I'm a loser. I'm this. I, you start believing all the shit. So once you said to him... Yeah. It's get out. Get the hell out, whatever you said. Uh, he knew you were serious. Yeah. I hired a lawyer right away. Oh, you did? It, yeah. He was served within four days. And I remember him saying, what the fuck? Usually people take time away from each other. They separate. I go, oh, yeah, I did that during the marriage. I go, I was gone about four years ago. <laughs> when women are done, they're usually done. Yeah, that's done. true. Yeah. That's true. And men move on very quickly. I remember him moving on very quickly. And I would, he'd say, I'm going to take the kids today to the beach. And he'd roll up with some, you know, woman all tattooed. And I would make their lunch. Um, probably hers too, knowing me. And then when he would bring the kids back, the bag would come back and it would be full. And he would say to me, you know, I know you don't care what you feed the kids, but I do. It, it continued for a while. Uh, and then one day, you know, when the therapist said, you know, in, in essence, he never loved you. Like he, they cannot love. They, they're only capable of yeah. so much. Yeah, they can't love. That's amazing. I mean, yeah. It, it's about them, not you. And they pick his, people. He has his own issues from probably. Yeah. But he's remarried and I, I think very happy. And this woman loves my kids and I've spoken with her and she's lovely. Really? So I'm so happy. Yes, he's got a very lovely wife. He and I, oil and vinegar, I cannot deal with him. Let's talk we about email. drinking. I want to talk about drinking. Yes, alcoholic big time. Well, you know, depression and alcoholism go yeah. together. And how when did you start drinking? Oh God. Really? 14, maybe? Yeah, yeah. 14. Right. 14. Yeah. Beer. First blackout, probably 17. Blacked out in a snowbank. It's so Canadian. And um, I'm very lucky. My 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 brother's friend passed out in a car. He was super tall. And he passed out with his legs outside of the window. No. He doesn't have any legs anymore. Are you serious? Yeah, they had to chop him off. Alan Whitehouse. Never forget that story. I fucking fell asleep in a snowbank. I was a horrible... That's why I look at my 14-year-old daughter and I'm just... I'm amazed. She's such a good girl wow. 
I don't want to say what I was at that age. Is she such a good girl because you know what to do and what not to do? Yep. What you did, don't do. Well, I don't tell her those things necessarily, but I I have been. They're like, Mom, we know our privates get touched by people. (laughs) I'm like, not just a man in a white van. Could be a pretty lady with a puppy. So I have been like that since it could be a family member, which was my case. And I always thought, oh, it's because I'm adopted. They did that to me. Well, then I talked to some cousins. They're like, no, it happened to us. So I probably had all that and drinking got me away and being adopted. But... When I so you f- kept drinking from <laughs> from 14 on. Well, I I once my career started, you didn't drink? I here and there. I Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I thought I was grown up in Montreal, so I'd have a a bottle of of Chardonnay that would last me all week. And then I moved to Miami, and I would have two bottles of Chardonnay that lasted all week because I was still my career w- was over drinking. When I was on Good Day LA, my career was over drinking. Like I could do, you know, I was not a full blown alcoholic until I was off the show. That's when I could handle all of my alcoholism. I never drank too. We had to be up at four in the morning and looking good. And so I was always, I don't know if it was a vanity part of me, but I always knew that you couldn't party and look and look good in the morning. I was with people that partied. I didn't even do cocaine when I was in Florida, and I lived with people who uh, worked with people who were. It was Miami, my God, in nineteen ninety, right? So when I was at a certain, and I can't really say it because then it'll give everything yeah. away. But they, th- this person said to me, "Let's ask the limo. We were in a different city. Let's ask the limo." driver if he knows where the party is and I'm like what party and they all started laughing at me so she goes up to the limo driver and says we want a party and blah 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 and he he drives us somewhere gets out of the car and I'm like you guys like how oh my god like how much marijuana is he going to bring back they laughed again and I remember one of them saying I don't want to be the first one to give you this because you have an addictive personality she did not and I said, well, fuck y'all if you're trying and I'm trying it. And I'll never forget. I was 37. Oh. What was it? Coke. Coke. And I tried it and I really liked it with my wine. Then I was doing blow here and there and the drinking got heavier. Then I met my ex and we partied together and then we got married and it stopped. Oh, really? Yeah, because I I thought, well, I'm 40. He's 34. If I, you know, if I get pregnant, I don't want this shit in my system. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I got pregnant right away. And that was the last time I did it. I was probably 39. Um, But the drinking increased. Uh, Not during the babies. You have to be with it with kids. And I was still on Good Day LA. It was when they got the whole Good Day LA thing. That's when I spiraled down. So you hit depression. Hardcore. I hit depression. Like how hardcore? Not enough to get on drugs, but sad. Very sad. Sad. It's a motherfucker, ain't it? Fucking horrible. But I didn't ask for the help that I needed then. I. So you, you, you're feeling this heaviness. Heavy. Yes. Yeah, right. And yes. Like I said, the the bed is your quicksand. Oh. Right? oh! Okay. 
And bravo. And, and, and this is because I when I when I uh, tell the story. Like I, that, I know your I, story. I so relate to you. When Maurice. I escaped the mental hospital, I went through eight months of depression. Oh, so God. the only time I felt good was yeah. when I would sleep. Yes. Oh and God. And I would dream yes. that I was happy. Yes. Right. And then you'd wake, wake up, up to the nightmare. Exactly. Oh God, you put it so succinctly. Okay. I could cry the way you I put know, it. Sad. The only time I was happy was when I would dream. And I would dream about I was still on the show, I was still doing this and that. And then I'd wake up and I'd cry. But not enough to get and someone intervened. Not suicidal? What's that? Thoughts of suicide? No. No. Oh, God, no. Wait, wait till you hear this story. Really? Not until later. Okay. Oh, later. Okay. So a, ma a guy that I did a story on, I kept in contact with. He was working behind the counter as a makeup artist. Now he just sold his company to Estee Lauder for $1.5 billion. He always, I helped start his career because I remember meeting him and he was so extra. And I said, he said, I'm going to have a makeup line. And I said, well, when you do, call me at Fox. And so I brought him to Fred Siegel, and he did his thing, and he became Two-Faced Cosmetics, which is now fucking not even global, but he's a billionaire. So he said to me one day, not long after I left Fox, he said, you know, I said, I value your opinion. Should I take the three days a week? And should I have taken it? And he said, no, because he's an entrepreneur, and he... He makes yeah. his own rules. He said, you're a rule breaker. You're an outlier. You can't go back and put the genie in the bottle. He said, I want to offer you something. It's called Home Shopping Network, and you sell Too Faced. He said, you're on TV. You do your own makeup. Let's do it. And we made a million two in one day when we were there. No. Yeah. We, it's called the Today Special, so you're on for 24. We were fucking huge. Then I got breast cancer. Now, this is when things started to change. I was already drinking a little bit. Let's say the today's, so let's say I'm in Florida for three yeah, days. Yeah, yeah. Nothing to do in between shows. You'd watch a movie and have some. Yeah. Okay, but I could control it. I never went on air like that. I can say in my lifetime, except for one big fucking show, it was the Skating with Celebrities. Oh. I lost to Christy Swanson because I was coked up. And I admit it. I was coked up right. and I fucked up the performance and that was that. Okay. But outside of that, no, not on Good Day LA, not on any other show, but that fucking show. So anyway, fast forward, I don't do coke anymore, blah, blah, blah. Uh, that was way before kids. And then uh, I'm, I'm, by, I'm, I'm, by, I'm by myself in Florida and I'm doing HSN and I noticed that my drinking had increased a little bit, but it was still manageable because um, uh, I would only do it away from the kids, right? So now I have these kids, I come home and it was still pretty normal. Fast forward, the divorce, I'm spiraling, but I've got a therapist. I'm depressed, but I'm not on meds. But you got a therapist. But I got a therapist. Good. Not a psychiatrist, a therapist. Yeah. What? Yes. All right, all right. So she couldn't prescribe. I no. Yep, and they don't fucking oh. tell you that they can't fucking get okay. you to Jillian, another level. Jillian, I'm not going to name any names yet yep. because, because uh, fuck. Mm -hmm. Okay, the problem, the problem is, is we're both going to agree with this. Yep. Because I, I know, is that, you can't fucking tell me that I need more than that. And because you can't tell me, 
I'm having suicidal thoughts. So you're going to fucking tell you, you can't say to me, look, I can't, I can only take you this far. You need medication. Oh, what is that about? I could cry that you say that. What is that about? You know, and you stay spinning in circles and they get paid. Okay. Okay. So now I'm at a point where, you know, I'm so busy with children and going and taking care of it. But my marriage is over and he's gone. So I can breathe. So I can breathe in a certain way, but I still have the effects of the tornado that is a narcissist that fucks up your life and your head now. But okay. So I find out I have breast cancer and I'm like, okay, well, I got two kids. Uh, So I told the lady, I said, we used to host when I was on the NFL, I was, I was 40 when I ended up, when I was 34 or 32, when I started, I was 42 when I left. So it was a, te- I was there a decade, but at 40, we started a, a mam- we'd call it mammograms and mimosas at the four seasons. And we made a party out of it. Well, by the 10th year, we were sponsored by like sketchers and we had makeup. To- we would have gift bags and we had like 40 people, a lot of them celebrities. And we had massages that day and we'd drink and have it catered. And it's the four fucking seasons because they had an imaging center attached So I was always the, well, being an alcoholic, I was always the girl who made the cocktails. I made French 75s with all the Veuve Clicquot you can imagine. And she said to me, I've got you the number one spot, 8 a.m., so that you can be the mixologist all day. I go, perfect. So I get my mammogram, as I have for 10 years before, and they say, huh. They called me back, and I go, the fuck and I go hey ladies I got a call back like it was funny and we go down I go down again and I get a third call and then I'm like what the fuck and they said well we want to do we're going to do a a sonogram I go I'm not pregnant and they said "Mm, okay so then I'm in a room with them and they're very quiet for like 45 minutes I'm like okay I got it I got it all right okay and I'm already thinking fuck this I'm going to get a double mastectomy because I'm friends with Deborah Tate, Sharon Tate's sister, and I, she had breast cancer, and I, we went to Beverly Hills, I go, I'm going to get you the best care, she's like a sister to me, I said, we're going here, we're doing this, ba ba ba, and I was there for her, but she had a lumpectomy, no chemo, and radiation, mine was a little different, but I was, I was at least, my thing was, fuck, how do I tell the kids, right, because it's them and me, it's always been them and me, he never took the kids, they were always mine, he never paid child support, for nine years, I just got it last year <laughs> because my girlfriend said to me, how much do you get for child support? And I said, nothing. Why? She's like, what? He has a new family. Like, what the fuck, Jillian? Uh, you haven't worked in three years. I'm right. like, oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not very bright when it comes to stuff like that. So I, I'm driving home. Well, actually, my doctor called me and he said, I'm like, Dr. Roy Thaler, why is he calling? He's my general practitioner. And he calls me and he goes, how are you? I go, fine and he goes wow you sound really good i go for what he goes well you have cancer i go oh so it's a wow it's a for sure and he goes yeah so i go okay so i call the people uh, that i brought deb to they're an incredible bedford breast clinic and they said they thought i was calling for deb i go no it's my turn i go in Dr. Leslie Memzik shows me my left breast, and I always had real boobs, contrary to what people thought. She said, look at this, blah, blah, blah. Okay, look at this. And I said, ew, it looked like a bunch of crabs. And she said, that's cancer. I go, are you fucking kidding me? 
and it spread to my lymph nodes because I had to have a biopsy. And by that point, I was like, Ugh. but I did tell the kids, remember what auntie, we call her auntie Deb. Remember when auntie Deb had cancer? Yeah. Um, I go, I got it too. And they're like, no way. Cause she never lost her head. So I had prepared them because they saw auntie Deb, you know, a lot. She spent Christmases with us. She has no family, you know, all of them are dead. Right. Um, and she's a big, you know, I go with her at all the hearings, the Manson family hearings. So, uh, long story short, um, yeah, it was aggressive. So I chopped well, both let off. Let me give you one second. How was it the second you heard you had cancer? What what went through your head? Mm. You try to act like, uh, this is going to. Yeah. I went back and tried to make drinks. And I remember I was supposed to. Here's how my alcoholism. Isn't that funny? I was on the radio at noon, but I had already had a couple of uh, French 75s. By the way. Oh, when you heard? Yeah. Oh, you were, you were, oh. oh yeah. But I knew it was serious. And I, I turned to the other host and I said to her, Lisa, I think I have to leave. I was just told I had cancer. And she said, what? And I go, yeah, it's my turn, I guess. And I got in the car and it wasn't like, a, oh, fuck, I got to. I said, I called Bedford Breast. I said, book me a double mastectomy. And they said, well, we don't normally do that until we get biopsy results. I said, oh, no, book me a double mastectomy. They said, because it's you, we will. That was October 25th, which was ironically breast cancer awareness month. And then my double mastectomy was two weeks later and they found cancer in my lymph nodes. Thank God she took them all out. But my main thing was how do I tell the kids? And then I remembered Deb and they were there for the whole Deb thing. So they were like, okay, to them, it wasn't as scary. And so it's very scary. Well, mine ended up being because I had chemo and this is where my depression all comes in. It oh. wasn't from breast cancer. People think, oh, of course she's in a depression from breast cancer. <sighs> wasn't that. Jeez. So I get my boobs chopped off. That's in November. Uh, I'm healing. Everything's great. I did not oh, want implants. Jillian, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Please. I feel like Howard Stern right now. <laughs> Greatest interview ever. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You... How is that? I mean, do you have that great of state of mind, no pun intended, that you get your boobs? Yes, I do. Damn. I have no vanity. And good people for, think... For good for you. Yeah. People think, oh, you're on TV. And to, to tell you how much vanity at that point I had, uh, I was getting wheeled in to get my cancer scooped out and my tits taken off, essentially. And this woman walks in and she goes, hi, remember me? And I'm like... Yeah, because she's tall, thin, pretty, doctor, blonde, Dr. Lisa Catholith. Castleith, yes. She goes, yeah, you met with me about implants. You never got back to me. She goes, can I just say, you're the only woman from television that I've ever met. I have had consultations ready to fucking kick the person out of my, usually they come and they're like, I want them like this. No, that's too big. No, that's too small. I go, oh yeah. I go, I don't want any as they're wheeling me in. And everyone looked very shocked and they're like, oh no, 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 no. You're known for hair. I go, I don't give a fuck. I go, I have kids. And they go, no, no, no. You're going to want something. I go, I, I don't think I do. And as they're wheeling me, she goes, and my really good friend was with me and she's like, Jillian, just do small because I've never had fake boobs in my life. And I didn't want foreign properties in my body because I was friends with Pamela Anderson and hers I had leaked. I can tell you didn't have fake boobs because my wife has the best boobs. Yeah, right? 
Exactly. And and, and, I and people all th always think they're... No, no, well, no? they don't, but okay. I knew you did just because I know yeah. words, right? So, yeah, and, 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 and so I didn't want that in my body. And I remember <laughs> my friend saying to me, no, Jillian, you have to just do, t even if they're the small. And she goes, well, I have many sizes and thanks a lot for getting back to me. She was actually really funny, the doctor. And she said, I'm going to do my best with what I've got. And as they're wheeling me in, my, my friend gives me my phone and I punch in Jillian Barbary bikini. And it was all these pictures. I go, make me look like that. <laughs> and I gave her the phone and she's like, okay. And that was literally when they were taking me in to get my boot because I wanted nothing to tell you the Son truth. I can't believe I it. had radiation on this one. I got to tell you the bald and the depression. So I have radiation on this one and it went real hard as a rock. So I, I'm having them taken out and I don't think I'm, I don't want anything put in. So I had my first round of chemo and I'll never forget the best words that ever, and this is what I tell people that have cancer now that I work with women, whether it's breast or brain, you know, one in eight women get breast cancer. It comes back to one in four. And when it comes back, it's usually your brain, your bones, or your liver. So, and it's inoperable and you're done. Now you could live for eight years with it, but once it comes back only stage four. So that's why I wanted nothing in my body that was foreign. But um, a girl that survived it, our kids go to school together and I didn't know her. And she came up to me one day at the school and she said to me, um, I don't want you to tell anyone, but I have, I have breast cancer. Now I knew nothing. I didn't have breast cancer. I was like fucking 42, whatever, still on Good LA. She said, and I know you have the best connections for beauty and things. And I was wondering if you knew a great pl place to get away. So I helped her out and boy, did she return the favor. She came to my home with a basket of turmeric pills, this and that. And she said, I want you to remember one thing, if anything. Chemo is your friend. It is your cancer killer. It is going to make you whole again. And I went in there like, okay. And I'm like, I got my port. I remember when they put my port in, they put it on the inside of your arm. And I was like, oh, this just got real. I was at Cedars. I'm like, okay. I drove home. I would drive, I would do the morning radio show for four hours. Then I would go to Cedars and get four hours of um, chemo and then go look after the kids. But to tell you how in vain I am, and this is, I'm not bragging about no, this, no. but they'd say to me, look, you can put a cold cap on and you won't lose your hair. I go, no shit. I go, what's that? I go, I'll do that. And they go, okay, well, we put a cold cap on and, 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 and it takes four hours and I go, whoa, whoa, whoa. So wait, I can't four wait, I got to do four hours of this and then four hours of chemo. They said, yeah, I said, I'm fucking out. And what it does is it's a cold cap that sits on your head and it makes the cancer when the key, excuse me, the chemo, whatever drug I had eight months of it, go up into that area. The follicles are so frozen that the chemo drug thinks that it's dead. So it goes back down. Mm -hmm. But a lot of women still lose like 40% of their hair. So anyway, I lose my hair after my first chemo. My daughter shaves I it off. I saw the picture, man. I, I my kinda, daughter is brilliant. I was brilliant. by that picture. Thank you. I, I was like, it's hair. It's going to grow back. And not only did it grow back, grew back thick and black. I was like, dang, black like like and curly. Uh. So 
uh, here's what my depression, here's where I got depression. So I had my first chemo, like a rock star come out. I'm like, hey, kid, you know, I, my kids were all part of it and I made it fun and I made it funny. Um, they didn't want to, you know, the port thing, they were kind of freaked out by, but whatever. Um, so I get called into my business manager's office and the girl that was with me during chemo, I said, this sounds really serious. I go, I want you to come with me because I'm scared. Like what they said over the phone and usually it's like, eh, eh, yeah, I can't make it today. I'll come in. And no, you need to come today. It was like when they found the cancer, I'll never forget the, um, the guy who does the biopsy, uh, the radiologist. Um, he said to me, oh, you need to get a biopsy tomorrow. I go, but it's Saturday. And he goes, exactly. You need to get it tomorrow, not Monday, not Tuesday. And this is the guy at the Four Seasons. These are the radio. I'm like, okay. So I kind of knew it was serious. Um, so I go into my, I'm, it's freezing. It's January and I've got a cashmere blanket on and a hat because I'm bald. And your face swells up after the first because the steroids. And my friend's with me and I'm wearing Uggs and I just remember being cold and I walk in and he's got his lawyer there and some other people. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know what's happening. Now being the, I always call it now the Johnny Depp. You don't give a fuck. You're paying for everybody. You want everybody to have fun. You can live in my, you can live in my penthouse. I got a boat. You know, you don't look at the numbers. He's got a villa in France. Hey, it's all good, right? Jobs come. But when you when you're like that you don't look at the so for a long time all i heard was we've got to start saving we've got to start saving i mean jillian we've really got to start saving and i'm like okay i never asked a number he never told me a number i sat down that day and uh, he said we owe seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars to the irs and I collapsed and it was the first time I cried. What? And I said, am I going to jail? I couldn't understand what was happening, right? Yeah. Well, with the penalties, it ended up being, I thought men were gonna come to my house and take me or take my house away. And I was going through chemo. Um, it ended up being 1.2 million because of the fees. So, or the, the penalties. Um, you think the IRS is a big group of people. It was one man, Jim, and he had no mercy. He didn't care that I was a single mom with no help. Uh, I didn't get, you know, um, child support. He didn't care that, um, he didn't care. I was going through chemo. So long story short, Maurice, I don't know how to tell you. I went into the darkest, but I had to put on a happy face for my kids. It was, it was years of hell. And I lived in my own head because I couldn't tell anybody because I they think I'm stupid or something because he never gave me a number until then. And my life, I worked so hard. I was there 22 years in that house. And the thought of losing it just blew my mind. And I, everything I've worked for. And when I tell you this, I didn't understand if men were going to come and kick me out and put all my things on the lawn in front of my kids. And I thought I have to sell my house before that happens. I want this off my back. But that monkey called the IRS, it was on my back for, for 
uh, for years. Damn. And I guess it started in 2012, but I didn't really find out until 2018 how bad it was. And so I went into a very dark place and I called Dr. Drew. And because it wasn't getting better, my mind was getting worse. Right. And I'm going to tell you about the suicide in a second. Um, but putting on a happy face for the kids and just wanting to sleep. Yeah. My bed became, I remember my last hurrah with my sister. She came down from Canada after I got my boobs Did chopped off. Did anybody help you at that time at all? My sister Dawn was my lifesaver. Oh. She, I had met my birth family by this point. I mean, I'm friends with my both my sisters. But my sister Dawn, who the family I grew up with, she was incredible. And she flew down, and I said, let's go to San Francisco. Of course, I didn't know what money issues I had. And um, we went to Carmel. And we stayed in this little boutique hotel. I'd already got my tits chopped off. And I'm like, I don't know if I like these implants. I called them Franken-tits because they were scar, <laughs> you know. Anyway, so we were lying in this bed watching movies. And I go, because I'm a homebody. I don't care about it. And I go to Dawn is this the most comfortable bed you've ever been? And she goes, this is the most comfortable. I go, you know what? I want this bed. Cause when I go through chemo, I want to come home to this. So we take all the covers off. We fucking live. I find out what kind it is. I call down. I said, what kind of sheets are they? Frette, ba, ba, ba. This mattress cost me $6,000, but I didn't care. Cause I lived on that mattress for two years. So I had my first chemo. I'm bald. I'm fat. I find out I owe the IRS 750. That was the beginning. I started not to be able to function. I remember uh, my friend driving me to, again, a therapist before Drew. And I was in her car and I was like, look at those people walking their dog. Like, they're normal. Like, everything, like my... And she was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I was like, look at everybody's like going on. He's mowing his lawn and and... She was very afraid for me. Therapist, it was way beyond her scope. I was right. the same for so long. Right. And I remember my friend saying, no, this has got to stop. Because I drank to the point where only when the kids were with their father, I took, um, I remember thinking I don't care if the cancer comes back because that'll take me out and the kids won't hate me, right? So that's a suicidal thought. So I started going to a psychiatrist and this woman, she saved my life. When I got in there, I collapsed. I just, everything came out. I just said, I, I, I take whatever drug there is around me. I drink to excess. I have two kids that I'm responsible for. I have cancer. I owe the IRS. And she's like, she let me just get it all out. And she said, okay, okay. And she said, I'm going to give you a prescription for something. It's going to get you out of bed. And I said, no, nothing's going to get me out of bed. The only thing that gets me out of bed is called Rombauer Chardonnay. It gets me to my kitchen. And I ask every friend for painkillers. And that's all I want in my life. So, uh... Yeah, uh, it got really bad. I had taken from a friend. She had Valium. I'd never taken Valium right. in my life. In my life. And she goes, these will calm your nerves down. 
Uh, this was when I was taking, so I got on and it did get me out of bed. I got on Wellbutrin and Effexor right away. She gave me Xanax for the, yeah. I'm going to lose everything. Right. And um, what else was I taking? I think that was it at the time. No, I had a cancer. What am I saying? I had my cancer pills. Jeez. and uh, vitamin D, because if cancer comes back, it goes to your bones, your liver. So I didn't care. My liver, think about that. So I took all six Valium, and I drank, and I drank. And I don't drink hard liquor, but I had a podcast, and I thought, if anyone does drink, I had a little bar cart. And on it was like McCallum, whiskey, I, all the shit that I never would, Canada whatever that is, whiskey, whatever. Um, and I was out of wine. And I had taken the value and I was like, You're not oh, shit. With that stuff, with the pills, that's the worst. So I go into the bar cart. I'm on six Valiums. I don't know what the fuck I drink, but I end up on my floor. And I have a, had a very, it was all glass. And my friend happens to be my neighbor. And we have stairs going up. And everyone was like, I haven't heard from her, I haven't heard from her. She comes down and she sees me. She has a key to my house. They call an ambulance. Paramedics come. And I was bald. And they said, you know, what happened? What happened to you? And I said, or they have to ask you, why did you do yeah. this? You know, I said, well, I just want to sleep. And they said, for how long? I said, well, forever. And I said it so casually. So they bring me to the hospital. I'm lying on a gurney and I said, I'm sobering up now. And I'm like, what the fuck? Why am I here? Well, they're holding me, right? So they said, you have to wait for uh, this you know, psychiatrist. And I'm like, oh my God, how long is this going to, you know? And I'm still not. Right. Um, and so he comes about five hours later and we talk and I told him, he says, you, you told the paramedics you wanted to sleep forever. I said, well, not a dirt nap. I'm like, just, I need to get out. I go, I look, I owe the IRS fuckload of money. Oh. I'm so stressed out. Blah, blah, blah. And he started and he's like, I know your voice. So he ends up, he's like, okay, I know exactly who you are. He said, are you? And I said, I'm not there yet. But I, I will get there if things do not get better. And I have to stay ahead of the bank taking my house. I have, to stay, I have to stay one step ahead of these people. If I don't, I'm really fucked. The only thing that took me away was alcohol and pills. Well, I'm counter, it's like counterproductive because I'm on my, I will say my effects are got me out of bed. And, 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 and I have to tell you that night, no one thought I was coming home. So I had, when I got released starting to get light out and I went to the front and I said, I need my phone. I need my shoes. I want my purse. And she goes, we don't have anything. And I said, what? And she goes, there's no, well, your friends didn't leave anything. I'm like, oh, fuck. I'm in Encino. I can walk to Tarzan. I start walking <laughs> yeah. and I'm, I'm barefoot. And I'm like, ow. So I go back and I ask for socks. Well, they give me, I look like a fucking clown, but they have those things on the bottom, those little rubber. I'll never forget. They were purple and lime green striped socks with lime green. And I go, I look like a fucking. And bald. And I'm bald. I look like a men mental case. So I was, I am. So it wasn't until I stopped drinking nine months ago. Nine months ago? Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a, in a, yeah. 
only nine months ago, but I'm proud and I'm... Wow. It was only then that the effects and everything really started to kick in. And she got me. If it weren't for her, I would not be here. Um, she said, we're going to do this in steps. And what she said to me, what's your biggest fear? I said that this is gone, you know, and we would, it was COVID. So we'd have to do it over the, you know, yeah. and I was just coming out. I was, everything was fine. My hair starting to grow. And she says, you know, and I'd been seeing her for a while. She said, what's your biggest? And I would lie to her about my drinking. She said, how much have you had? And I said, oh, you know, like a bottle a night. Not true. I would get up in the morning. My kids again were with their dad. And I would say, didn't I buy two Ron Bowers? And then I would look in the blue bin and there would be two empty bottles. Dang. I didn't know. So I just, uh, it was the only escape. So she said, let's, you know, let's imagine your worst fear. Imagine this, let's do baby steps. And I was like, she goes, let's stay one step ahead. And when I put that house up for sale, I mean, it, it went way over because I did so much to it. Beautiful things. And Jeff Lewis, came, you know, it was incredible. And um, I I went from like 4,200 square feet to 1,500. And I, I love what I'm in. Like, I love that it's... Yeah. It's, it's, it's a new construction, so it's all modern and tiny, and my kids love it. But it took me a while to get to that spot and that darkness, my bed was my hero, my savior. And it also became, um, I don't want to say a dark place, but people would come visit and say, you've got to get out of yeah, bed. You got to get out, man. Right. You could, because, because with the, with depression or any of the stuff, cause even with anxiety, um, my dad used to say to me, you know, what is you? What's the difference between anxiety and depression? It's a great question. And I'd be like, Dad, you asked me this like a thousand times. And you know something? It's a great question. I couldn't answer them. I'd say, they're both bad. Okay, yeah. Bad. Oh, okay, okay, okay. But you know what? You made a distinction? Now yeah. I have. Okay. What? What is, I'm really I'll tell you just, why. Yeah. Because, because a couple of weeks ago I had depression. I hadn't had depression in since in about seven years. Oh. <sighs> I haven't felt that feeling. It's like, it's like oh, that's heavy. manic episode. I've had three, but I haven't had a manic episode in 30 years. So I don't really know. Wow. The, I mean, I know what manic is, but I don't. Whoa. Now anxiety's a f son of a bitch. Okay. Still anxiety's worse, man. I, I agree with you. You do? I do. Because, and I equate it to weather. Because one's in the mind and one's in the body. 100. And your the anxiety it it buzzes my my body buzzes yeah, yeah. depression is like low, low. and slow you can, you can, but it's still bad i mean it's, horrible know, so here this here, thing is fuck it, it I, I get have it have you ever shaked oh yeah oh but fuck it was yeah just alcohol mine was just anxiety mine was only anxiety somebody said to me when you stop alcohol and dr drew was like how did you stop i said i fucking stopped and the next day i felt good and he goes wait a second and he really wanted to, to figure it out and blah 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 and i said drew i can't tell you i wasn't shaking anxiety gave me the shakes and i'm going to tell you how i equate it to weather the anxiety? well, what well there's shaking? so many different kinds of you know scared the hell out of me that shaking 
I, my, my body and my hands shook. It did scare me because when they say the walls are closing in for me, I call it the, I, it's funny. I, I equate everything with weather, that cloud of doom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What I look at a depression as depression is a hurricane. We watch, we watch hurricanes come off the coast, uh, the, with the ITC zone, right? The intercoastal tropical conversion zone. It would come from the coast of Africa and it's slow and it's getting bigger and it's yeah. now it's a tropical storm and now it's feeder bands are getting big. Oh, it's hurricane. It's the, right. now it's a category one. Right. When it hit Florida, I was in hurricane Andrew. It was a category five and we were in a bunker. To me, that's depression. A uh, tornado is anxiety. So when they give you that whoop, whoop, you've got like 10 minutes to, and that fucker comes <laughs> ripping through. And it goes, and you, you're like, where the fuck is it going? Is it going to hit my house? Yeah, and I saw doing weather homes that went through tornadoes in the Midwest where the roof popped off. And then the neighbor's flat, you know, like, where the fuck did the neighbor's house? Yeah. Stream of destruction. Same with the hurricane. One lady I'll never forget. She wasn't in Kendall, but I was living in Miami doing weather. And I was interviewing her. And, 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 and she had all these tchotchkes in her house. And I'm going through her living room. And her neighbors are completely flat for some reason. And her fucking brass tchotchkes were... I re just remember seeing eggs and, and puppies, like different shit in there. I go, did you put that back? And she goes, no, it stayed like that. Wow. And I'm thinking, okay, that's depression for me. A hurricane is depression. A, a anxiety is a tornado. For me, I never know when it's going to hit, but now I'm getting better. When it you comes to trigger. money. You got you to, look, the way to, pr here's, the, here's what I say, Jillian, what it, to work with uh, yeah. anxieties to prevent it from happening. So you have to know your triggers so it doesn't come. Now, if it comes, you'll do what needs to be done to, to fix it, right? But you got to know your triggers if you're too much stress. It's always stress for me. Money for me. Well, money is stress, right? Yeah. And so yeah. that's when my anxiety came, you know, during the pandemic and I no work. 100%. Stress, stress, stress. Yeah. So. Well, do you, I want to ask you this and you're, you're the best person to ask i feel like and i heard this on one of my i'm on sober um i'm on sober everything and uh, heather locklear has been my i call her my angel on earth because she's had three years yeah. and she oh my god she gets it and she has the best sense of humor i've ever in my life how she equates things and the the shit she says makes me laugh it's so inappropriate and wrong and so great so anyway we were talking you know for me anxiety is 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 fear of the unknown yeah, like are yeah. they going to take my house are they gonna yeah, like yeah. what's next what's where am i going to get money for that <sighs> my my card was declined which has never happened anxiety attack trigger 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 yeah um depression is living in the past remember when you had that life and you didn't know and you just got money for all those jobs and now you have nothing and depression right and just like thinking what's gonna where are you going and when i stay in the now it's like yes that's present the that's the key it's the key that's it like what are you okay i don't have fucking cancer right now that's it and guess what right right right, right. i went to cedars uh four days ago 
And my oncologist, because you have many, you have your cancer oncologist, your chemo oncologist, blah, blah, blah. And she looks at your blood and your insides. And she said to me, oh, my God, I want you to come see this. I go, oh, my God, good or oh, my God, bad. And she said, good. I walked over and she said, look at where your liver was last year at this time. And it was like 134. Yeah. I don't even know what the fuck that means. And now it's 12. And I said, what is that? And she goes, in layman's terms, your liver has completely healed wow. itself in nine months. And when cancer does come back, it comes back as stage four. And for women, unfortunately, it goes, so she has to give me another pill for fight, for my bones, which is fine. But um, I stay in the present and I say, oh my God, like your body has been through two babies, cancer, like you're a strong bitch. And you have to remind yourself in the moment, what is wrong? I have two healthy children. Okay. Like, That's right. okay. I do have a pension. Did I have to give the IRS my, my, my savings? I did. I don't have anything. Yeah. Um, so when people say you have nothing, I literally, but I have my health. If you don't have what, if you know, health over wealth. Look what wealth did to Steve Jobs. He had cancer and he did alternative right, things. Right. It, it, it didn't matter. He he, he yeah. passed. And, you know, it, again, if you don't have your health, you have nothing. And I learned that. And so that has helped me with my anxiety. So I just want to say this interview wow. to me was like, I don't know what it was like. It was like watching a movie star that has been through so much. I couldn't take my eyes off Jillian, first of all. I'm so proud Thank you. that she has gone through, we both have gone through so much, but I'm so proud that she has gone through so much and she's here mm. and she's got humor. And I love, the thing that really I loved the most was how she dealt with her cancer. Because very aggressively, yes, and and with with just like my kids, it is what it is. Yeah. Now you go through stuff after. Yeah. But in the moment, you Do deal it. with in the moment. Yeah. I, I anyway, I adore you guys. Anyway. Thank you so much, Maurice. I love yes, you guys so much. Fantastic. This was actually cathartic. Thank you for joining me for another episode. Please be sure to download, subscribe, and leave a review.